Well, it's, it's good to be with you tonight. Uh, I'm excited about being here. If, um, if you, yes, do I want one? I have one. Yes. Uh, if you got one of these little green books, I'm going to turn to page 48. That's where we're going to land here in a little bit. If you didn't get one, uh, you can just raise your hand and some of the team, Steve and some others, will come and, and uh, get you one of those so you can follow along. But page 48 is where we're, going to, where we're going to land here in a little bit. Before we just uh, we dive into that, I just want to start by sharing a little bit about, about who I am and just kind of by way of introduction, um, I know I'm a, I'm a relational kind of person, so uh, I, I, I want to know who's talking to me uh, a little bit. Maybe you don't care, you can just zone out for a minute or two then. But uh, uh, I, my name is Jimmy, uh, my last name is Herdklotz, uh, if you just remember Jimmy, that'll work. Um, I am originally from Greenville, South Carolina, which is just a little bit from here. Uh, but I've, like I told you all this morning, I've, I've lived in Michigan for 28 years. I've actually lived in Michigan longer than, than anywhere. But I was telling Pastor this morning, I'm still a Southerner at heart, okay? You can't, uh, you can't change that. So it's good to be back in the South where you all know how to speak English. That's uh, one thing I appreciate. Um, when I first moved to the North, one of the things that, that I had to learn was that they, they, it's the, you know, the language difference. One of, the, one of the differences is um, when, when we say, hey, down here, it's a greeting, you know? It's like, hey, how you doing? Up north, it's confrontational. So I'd be walking down the street, I'd be like, hey, and people are like, what? You know, it's like just trying to be friendly, you know? And so I uh, had to learn to speak a different language. And uh, one of the things that helped me was uh, I met my wife, Lori. We traveled together uh, on a team like this, like uh, some of the young people up here. And uh, we didn't like each other very much at first, but... Um, Became good friends over the course of traveling together and, and fell in love and got married. And, um, and so we've been married for 20-something years. Six. Yes, 26. The good thing is she doesn't know either, so I can get away with that. Uh, some of you guys have to keep better track of that than, than I do. But um, uh, I, I remember when we were first, first, you know, we were engaged and, and first uh, uh, married, we'd talk about you know, children and our family size, and, and we talked about how many kids we might want to have, and, and we said three or four was a, was a good number. And then we had our, our first son, Jonathan, and we said two or three, you know, might be good. And we had our second son, and we were like, two, that's a great number. Let's just uh, stick with that. So for 10 years, we had the two boys, and then, um, uh, and then after 10 years, we had um, our, our next son, Bradley. Uh, so we had a, like a 10-year gap between the, the, the two sets there. And then a, a couple years after we had Bradley, I think he was three, we adopted a boy from Ethiopia. Uh, his name's Cameron. And uh, he's actually uh, older. He's kind of, he's the, the third oldest. So he kind of fills the gap there a little bit. So we kind of have two sets of, of, uh, of kids, all boys. Uh, I remember when we were in, going through the adoption process with, with Cameron, you know, one of the, they ask you a million questions. One of the questions is, do you have a preference of what gender you would like to adopt? And, and we put on the form, we put, uh, you know, no preference because it seemed godlier, right? Okay, you know, if you, let's leave that up to God. It looks more spiritual. And, uh, but, but when we found out that, you know, we were having a boy, Laura and I looked at each other and we we're like, Because, <laughs> you know, boys, we knew what to do. We had boys, you know, you just throw them in a room shut the door, you know, throw a pizza in every now and then, and, uh, and they're all, they're good. So um, anyway, it, that worked out for us. So that's just kind of a little bit about, about who I am. I, I also want you, you to meet my wife, Lori. So I'm going to have her come up here. 
uh, briefly. I, I shared this morning that, um, you know, one of the things that we've learned is, that was kind of a big step. You good? good. Okay. One of the things we've learned in, in, you know, regarding this area of relationships is, is there's a difference between men and women. And, and Lori and I are, are quite different, actually. And so we've, we've just kind of compiled this list over the last couple of years of, of some of the differences that, that we share. So, um, so we just want to share these with, with you so you kind of get to know us a little bit. So I, I, I grew up camping. And I am a city girl. I grew up in only two houses. I moved six times growing up. Birthdays were a very big deal at my house. I got underwear. <laughs> I love eating ribs. I think they're too much work. Except for my Oshis. They fall my off Oshis. the bones. They, hers but, fall off the bones. So yeah. if you guys need a good recipe, just get yeah. with us later. Anyway, um, I also like all the washcloths folded and stacked in the same order. We have washcloths? You know <laughs> I like creamy peanut butter. I prefer crunchy. Uh, I love animals. I have been to a zoo. <laughs> Not the same. I like for everything to be very organized. I think organization can be taken to an extreme. Watch out when Lori has her label maker. Let me just say that. So, um, I'm a morning person. I believe anyone who tries to talk before I've had my first cup of coffee should be shot. Which is why the first thing I do in the morning is get your coffee ready. I appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. <laughs> I'm good with directions. I can get lost with a map and a GPS. It's true. Uh, I order straight from the menu. I believe that cooks like to try different things. Just say number seven. Why is it that difficult? Uh, I struggle to listen well. I desire to be understood. I like Diet Coke. I like Pepsi. My love language is gifts. Are you all familiar with the love languages things? Okay, there's five love languages. I don't know which one mine is. The one that I know is not is gifts. <laughs> but I'm working on it. Keep working. Okay. Um, I believe in the letter of the law. I'm all about the spirit of the law. I do like to shop. I'd rather stay home. Um, I love improv. I need everything to be written out and practiced. Hence the notes. I am half Chinese. I'm not sure if you can tell, but I'm not. <laughs> I am from the north. And I'm from the south, y'all. <laughs> I plan two weeks ahead. I'm usually about two minutes behind. I love to cook. I love to eat. That's not really a difference, but That one actually works, works for yeah. us, yes. I'm a thinker. And I'm a feeler. I'm usually hot. And I'm usually cold. I also have very thick hair. Um, <laughs> thanks, babe. So that's... Did I really clap for you? You didn't do anything. I, let me clap for me. Uh, anyway, that's, that's who we are. And, and I, I, want, I wanted to do that for a couple of reasons. One is because I want you all to realize that we're real people, normal people with real issues. And some of those things we can kind of chuckle about, but some of the things we just discussed can cause real problems, can cause irritations. Some of the ways we view things and see things from different perspectives, from different experiences, can, can cause some, some, uh, some problems. And, and I, I think that God has a lot to say in Scripture with regard to relationships. And so we want to look tonight at, at, at this issue of relationships 
and to see, that, to see what God wants to say to us. And one of the things that I, I want to acknowledge before we dive in too deeply here is the various relational contexts that we have in this audience, okay? We have those who have some healthy marriages. You, you've been doing this a long time. You've figured a lot of this out. You probably should be up here teaching this, this stuff, okay? We, we've got also those of you who are, are uh, single. Uh, maybe you're, you're, uh, you've, you've always been single. Maybe you're single again, either by divorce or you've been widowed. And, and you're, you're working through what, what that's like. We have um, um, marriages in here who are struggling and, and are um, desperate, fighting for life. Maybe uh, there's you know, a, a lot of situations we're in. I, I would bet there's situations here today where some of you are saying, if God doesn't do something this week through this session, then we're done. And, and, and that's, that's a reality. That's where some of us are. Um, there, are there are folks in here tonight, probably, who, who are struggling with same-sex attraction. It's something that, that, that we see everywhere we go. And you, you're sitting there wondering, okay, well, what's going on? How do I deal with this biblically? What, what, what does God have to say about this? All, all of these relational contexts are, are you know, wound up and, and more, okay? Blended families, all of these kinds of things. And again, God has something to say to us in his word regarding this. And I think it's really important with regard to, to this week and what he wants to do in our lives. And so what we want to do is we want to take a look at what God's word says. Because everything in our culture is teaching us something about relationships. Things that you see on TV and movies. Uh, uh, things that you learn from your parents or, or other adults as you were growing up. Um, good and bad. There's a lot of things in our culture that are teaching us about relationships, but we want to look at what God's Word says and base uh, what, where we're going on that. Um, so let's have a word of prayer, and then, uh, and then we'll, we'll move forward and look into God's Word. Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for these folks who have given up their, uh, their time tonight to um, stop and and, and sit and listen and, and, and see what it is you want to say to them. God, would you, by your grace, speak to us tonight through your word, by your spirit. Lord, would you help me? I, I really desire that the words of my mouth and the very things that I think about would be acceptable, would be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Um, help, help me out with this a little bit. Um, what, what, do you, what do you all see here? A minivan, okay? All right. What is the purpose of a minivan? Uh, go ahead. Come on. You all. Grandkids. All right. Yes. Uh, transportation, right? My, my, my minivan, I have a minivan. My, the purpose of my minivan is it's a depository for French fries. I don't know what it is about French fries and minivans, but, but it attracts them. Okay. What is this? A belt. What's the purpose of a belt? I can always tell when we're in the South because it's a spanking is what comes up. The, the, that is a, a use, but the, the purpose of a belt is to hold your pants up, right? Okay. All right. What's this next item? Big Mac. What's the purpose of a Big Mac? <laughs> Nothing. A heart attack. That's good. <clears throat> One of the first times I did this, uh, a lady said nutrition. Uh, I'm not sure... What, uh, what she meant. I think that the purpose of a Big Mac is to make you need a, a bigger one of these. Uh, I think there's a conspiracy going on. But, but here's, the, here's the deal. All of these things were, were designed, okay, were invented, created with a purpose in mind. And it's the same thing with regard to our relationships. God 
has created us in relationship for a purpose. We're going to look at what that is. So turn to, to Genesis chapter 2. We're going to look at a, a verse that's going to be the foundation for everything we want to talk about. And as, we're, as you're going there, I want, I want to back up and talk about, you know, Genesis 1. We're all very familiar with this passage. We're very familiar with um, the, um, the, the, this, um, excuse me, this passage of Scripture. And, and it's, it's an overview of creation. Okay, God has um, uh, uh, given us uh, some direction and instruction on what creation was. Okay, each day God creates light. And he, um, uh, you know, and the next day he creates planets and birds and, and the, you know, every day. And at the end of each day of creation, uh, God says what? He says, he says, it is good. Okay. Uh, on the sixth day of creation, God, God says this. Okay. In chapter one, you don't need to turn back there. He says, let us make man in our image. Let us make uh, humanity, humans in, in our image. So God's going to now create something that's different from all the rest of creation. Okay. Everything in creation um, uh, glorifies God. There's something we can see about who he is in nature. But, but when God created man, he wanted to create something that would actually reflect who he is. And, and so, so at the end of every day of creation, we see that God says it is good. But look in, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. It says, God created man. It says, then the Lord God said, it is not good. I read one time that a, a lady said that God, God stepped back and said, I think I can do better. Um, I don't see that in the scripture here. But um, God created man and said, it is not good. What? It isn't, why? It's not good that man should be alone. See, I, I believe that God reveals himself in relationships. Because God, in and of himself, exists in, in a relationship. We have God is the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Spirit. Three distinct persons existing in one uh, united, one being. That, that is mind-blowing and beyond anything I can understand. But I know that's a truth from Scripture. And so God exists in, in himself as a relationship. So when he wants to create something... That, that's going to reflect who he is. He's going to create something that's going to live in relational context. And so that's, that's his purpose. You ever thought about what God was doing in eternity before he created the world and the universe and humanity and all this? God was existing in perfect happiness and harmony and, and God lacked nothing. Okay? And, and, and that's because he had a relationship to the three beings, the three, excuse me, three persons of the one being of the deity of God. And, that, and so, so, so God said this, I want to create something that's going, to be, that's going to be individual and distinct and unique. But these beings are going to learn to live together and communicate in harmony. And, and, and we're going to look throughout this week at, at what it means to reflect who God is in this. But that's what this is all about. So we can kind of sum this up in this. That our purpose, the purpose God designed in relationships, is for us to make God look good. All right? We're going to sum it up in just that simple saying. We want to make God look good. Not that, not that we make God look better. God is good, okay? But, but when people look at me, and they see how I interact with my wife, 
They see how I deal with my children when I discipline them, when I uh, talk to them, when they see how I interact with this team that God has put me with. When they look at you and they see how you interact in, in your relational context, do they see uh, a right picture of who God is? I, I remember hearing somebody say this one time, that my family is going to do one of two things. We're either going to display or we're going to distort the image of God. One of those two things. People are going to look at us and they're going to see a right picture of who God is or they're going to see a, a twisted and distorted picture of who God is. So, so what we want to look at in, in these days is how do we give the world a right picture of who God is? Well, first I want to, I want to talk about what, what is it that hinders us? What's keeping us from making God look good? What's keeping us from accomplishing the, the purpose of this? I think there's three things that, that this kind of sums up, sums up this, okay? The first is sin. Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The word glory in the New Testament has the, the, the idea, the connotation of, of reflection or representation, Okay, in, in the way that the, the moon glorifies the sun by reflecting its light, it's the same thing. And so God says, everybody has, has sinned. God created us in his image, but sin entered the world, distorted and twisted that. And because uh, of sin and, and uh, sin's effects, it, it is, it is uh, hindering us from making God look good and going about our purpose. The second thing is the culture around us. All right, I said earlier that everything in our culture is, is telling us things that, uh, about, um, about God and relationships, and most of those things are, are not biblical, not, not accurate. And, and, and if we're going to imitate Jesus, we're going to have to live counter to the culture around us. And, and we're going to talk about what some of that looks like in, in, these, in these days, but, but we've got to be careful of that. Romans 12 uh, where all knows this, says to be, to, uh, don't con be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Uh, a paraphrase of, of that verse says this, and I, I really like this rendering. Don't become so well-adjusted to the culture around you that you fit into it without even thinking. And I see so much of that in Christianity, where we just, we kind of just, we see how the, the world acts and we just kind of blend in it. If you don't believe me, go, go to a, a Christian athletics, a Christian school or, or a sporting venue where uh, Christian parents have their kids involved in that and, and, and see how the world's perspective and, and, the, and, and the culture's attitudes have influenced us. But we don't want to do that. We don't want to become so well-adjusted to the lukewarm waters around us. That's just who we become. So sin impacts us. The culture impacts us. And then the next thing is the enemy. Listen to this. This is, uh, this is very serious. You have a real enemy. He hates you and he hates your family. And he wants to do everything he can to steal and kill and destroy. That, that verse there in John chapter 10, I've read that hundreds of times probably. A few years ago, I was reading that, and I was, I was reading a book that was talking about this, and the author said this, those are not sissy words, steal and kill and destroy. And so often, we just kind of gloss over those because we want to talk about the next thing that Jesus says, which is important. But, but our enemy hates us. He does not want us to fulfill this purpose 
for which God created us. He doesn't want the world. There's a world outside of these walls that is lost and is desperate for some answers. They, there's people out there who realize what, what they're looking for, they're not finding. Many of us have been there, right? There's people out there and they're looking and they're looking to us as the church and the enemy is doing everything he can to try to destroy and distort that image of God that God wants us to, to live out and to, to demonstrate. There's four things that I, I, I think that the, the enemy uses. Well, there's more than this, but, but these four things I think are pretty prevalent. He uses doubt. Maybe, maybe ask you to say, does, does God really love me? What's going on in my life? Does my husband really love me? Causes doubt. He, caused, he uses division. He asked, what, what, what did they mean by when they made that statement? You know, we ask ourselves, why, why, why don't we sing more hymns? Why don't we sing more choruses? And the enemy comes in and he starts using things to divide us. He uses deception. Ever one of those situations where you said something and what you said was not what your wife heard, you know, when she repeats it back and you're like, how did you get that out of, you know, and it's, all the words are being twisted around? As the enemy is taking those things and turning them, twisting them. I, I read uh, uh, this um, um, list one time of, of rules for women, okay? If you, women, if you just understand some of these rules, it would help. And, and one of the rules was this. If we as men say something that can be taken one of two ways, one of those ways is, is negative or hurtful, just assume we meant the other, Okay, and it's just that, that, that you know, we, we, don't, we don't really mean to be stupid. We just are sometimes. And so, but, but the enemy will, will use, the, you know, those things and, and, and deceive us. And then the last thing is discouragement. You ever feel like you just can never please somebody, relationship that you're in? I remember hearing somebody talking about these things one time. And, uh, and, and, and the, uh, the Holy Spirit just impressed on my heart. I said, Jimmy, how many times have you been acting as an agent of the enemy? The enemy who wants to come in my home and steal and kill and destroy. And often he doesn't even have to enter the walls of my home because I'm doing his work for him by creating division, by, by creating hurt and discouragement by the words that I say and the way that I respond and all of these things. Now listen, many of us are probably thinking through, you know what, Jimmy, this is, some of what we're talking about is characteristic of some of the relationships in my life. But, but here's the good news, everybody, all right? A, a, a Christian home, a Christian community is not a perfect place. My home is not a perfect place. But the great thing is, as Christians, as followers of Christ, we know what to do about our sin. And even though sin is prevalent and, and is, and is uh, effective and influential, we know what to do. And one of my favorite passages of Scripture is in Philippians chapter 3. The Apostle Paul says, listen, I, I don't have it all together. I, I have not obtained it. I am not perfect. But he says, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal, the call of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. 
And, and, and the good news is this, no matter where you are, no matter what your situation, there is no situation that's too difficult for God. God can redeem uh, uh, our situations and, and, and we can move forward from those places in the past. Yesterday's decisions, yesterday's failures do not determine today's decisions. All right? The, 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 my mistakes and things I've done do not determine what I'm going to do from here forward. And the challenge I want to give us tonight is to this. As we look at our lives, we look at our relationships, and, and we say, you know what? We're, we're giving the world, I'm giving the world a distorted view of who God is. I want us to embrace this, though. The good news is that today we can make some choices that say that from now on, I want to change that. I want that to be different. I want, I want the world to see who God is when they see my life. Um, uh, Andy, yeah, bring that up to me. I've got, to, I want to use this illustration to kind of help us out. But I, I, need, a, I need a volunteer. So, um, pastor, pastors always get picked on. So, who do you want to volunteer to help me with this illustration? Rocky, that's good. That's a good choice. Come on up, Rocky. <laughs> yeah. This is excellent. Yeah, well, except for the Alabama jacket. But other than that, we'll be all right with that. I failed to tell you. One thing I forgot to tell you all at the beginning was uh, my dad got his Ph.D. at UT. So I lived like three years in Knoxville. Go Vols. But anyway, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that later. Um, so, so, Rocky, I want you to help everybody out here. I want you to tell everybody what, what you see. Um, my waist, shorts. Your shorts. Okay, sorry. Okay, let's, uh, let's try this. How about that? Your face? Okay, all right. Okay. Um, the, the, here's the thing, Rocky. You're wrong. Okay, what you see is, is a mirror. Okay? Your waist and shorts are over there. This is a mirror over here. And that's great. Perfect. Thank you. That's all I need. Okay? You, you, great job. Hey, here's the thing. There's nothing special about this mirror. Okay? It's, it's plastic and glass. It's got smudges on it. And uh, it's, it, you know, it's, it's pretty fragile and flimsy. There's nothing special about this, these materials. But the power in the mirror is the reflection that it gives. And, and here's the thing, everybody. We have an incredible responsibility. We have an incredible opportunity to reflect not, not anything special, not anything about me, not anything about my family. But as the world looks at me, and they look at how my family functions together. They look at how our team works together. They look at this body of believers, and they see us living together under the principles of God's word and in harmony and, 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 and uh, these, these things that we're going to talk about this week. When they look at that, they're going to be able to see a reflection of who God is. What an incredible opportunity that we have. Y'all have heard probably the old, the old saying, um, preach the gospel at all times. Use words if necessary. And our lives can be a living, uh, walking, breathing uh, witness to who God is simply by how we live together in relationships. 
So we're going to talk about that. Now, this is the, the foundation. The, the next couple nights, we're going to talk about the how-tos. What does it mean to look like this? How do we put some, some feet to this? So come back tomorrow night, and we'll, we're going to talk through this. But, but before we go, I, I'm going to give you some, some homework, okay? Uh, a little assignment to, to work on tonight. Here's your, here's your homework for this, okay? Ask yourself this. Am I making God look good in my relationships? Sometime tonight before you uh, wind down or maybe in the morning when you get up and spend time with God, just ask yourself, when people look at me and my relationships and how I get along with others, how I work with others, am, am I making God look good?